Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the podcast by Gotobi. In today's episode of the Marketing Goodies by Gotobi, we're going to be discussing the importance of the Chinese celebrations and also how to best approach the Chinese community living and visiting the UK. I am delighted to be joined by some of the experts in marketing and both Chinese nationals. Uh, one of them who is part of our team, got, uh, Danny Zong, uh, an account support executive at Gotobi, and also Theo, a Chinese model living and working in London, originally from Hong Kong. Uh, hi, both of you. Hello. Hi. So we're going to be talking about the importance of getting the Chinese marketing right. We have seen that some companies, unfortunately, have got it wrong. Uh, but with over 400,000 of Chinese nationals living in the UK and over 200,000 of them visiting the UK annually, it is important to get it right and to potentially get a a lot more money coming through your tills. So first of all, let's just kick this off by discussing what are the different groups of the Chinese that are living and visiting the UK. Theo, what's your point of view on the sort of different groups that are here? Well, like me, I moved from Hong Kong to London five years ago. So migrants is definitely one of the quite a large group here. And also, as you mentioned, the students, they're visiting the UK and in large numbers and also the other, migrants, other immigrants or other tourists and then they're also a very important population visiting the UK. So I think well, these are the major groups in the UK that we would, um, quite a lot of marketers would like to target. Okay, and Danny, I know yourself, you're uh, born to a, a Chinese family, but actually in the UK. How do you describe yourself? So obviously I am from a Chinese family. Uh, so I describe myself as British-born Chinese, which I also believe that it's also a separate group as well, where it's sort of like a it's like Chinese, but I've been raised in a Westernized society. Okay, so potentially some of the marketing that is aimed towards a Chinese market is not necessarily applicable to yourself, but it potentially puts you in a fourth category of somebody that might need to be educated a little bit more on some of the Chinese celebrations. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would definitely agree with that, um, because I'm not going to lie, I'm not completely familiar with all of the um, traditions and all like um, everything with the Chinese culture. I was more like towards the UK, so uh, since I was born here, I celebrated everything from Christmas to Easter, but it's more of a melting pot in the UK, where it's like um, rather than a tossed salad. So there's the references basically made like tossed salad is a bit of everything. You get all the cultures, everyone celebrates um, different, uh, celebrates different events from different cultures, whereas here it's more like Christmas is a main thing, Easter is a main thing, and I've learned to accept that rather than like my Chinese counterpart. Sure. But obviously when it comes to Chinese uh, community, obviously Christmas and Easter are not necessarily the biggest events for them. Um, things like Chinese New Year is a much bigger celebration or even the Autumn um, Festival. So Theo, uh, first of all, let's just go through some of the key festivals that are being celebrated by the Chinese community. Um, obviously with Autumn Festival coming around the corner, uh, that's a big celebration that companies could be potentially taking part in. Yes, the Mid Autumn Festival, also called the Moon Festival or the Harvest Moon Festival, is right at the corner. It's the first of uh, October this year. It's all well, um, accidentally the same day as National Day. 
So um, we can celebrate two things together this year. Then, well, for the Moon Festival is mainly for the for the Moon Festival is mainly for the farming season. So that's why it's called the Harvest Moon. So that's why this is the the day that the farmers are supposed to harvest their crops in China. So that's why it's mainly like、uh, it's also the biggest full moon on that on that month. So it also have a kind of、uh, a reunited spirit. Of this festival, that's why most of the Chinese attend together, together to enjoy the mooncake,、um, play with the lanterns, and have some family times. The spirit is quite similar to to Easter or Christmas. It's all more about family gathering. So,、um, because most of the time the people work somewhere else, they maybe work in some other counties or other cities. That's why they all travel back to their hometown to、um, enjoy the full moon. Well, even in the Chinese literature, there is a poem. There's a poem to talk about the full moon as well. There's quite a lot of poem about the full moon. So, well, apart from the cultural thing, let's talk about the eat side. Well, in the Chinese thing,、um, the moon festival, we have the small moon cakes. This is like、uh, like you can say it's like a pastry, but the Chinese style. We paid make some、uh, sweet. A lotus seed paste inside, and also some salted egg yolk. This is one of the most traditional way of Chinese celebrating the Harvest Moon Festival. And obviously, being away far from home, especially this year、uh, with the pandemic and everything happening, how big is the celebration for the Chinese living and working in the UK? I mean, Theo, let's kick off with yourself first, and then I'll move on to Danny、mm. to find out how the sort of British Chinese are celebrating it. Well, since this is the pandemic, well, there's not much we can fly back to China to enjoy the family time. So that's why it's more like us right now. We are chatting through online channels to well see each other. Of course, we can still have some mooncake. So that's why、um, what、well, is one of the way, but not a usual way for the Chinese to do so. We also have lanterns.、Um, Lanterns is not really popular in the UK, but of course, I would look forward if some marketers could make some lanterns for Chinese to enjoy this festival in the, after the pandemic. Certainly, and for the British Chinese, how's this sort of event? I mean, Danny, do you participate in these week-long celebrations? Do you have、um, big events happening? Obviously, with us,、uh, I was born here, but my family still celebrates it. They're still quite traditional, but. Everything seems to be a bit more delayed with us because obviously we understand that our family, like they have to on that specific day, we're supposed to come back together. But、um, the dates are because、uh, in Western, let's say companies, they don't understand、uh, this is a day where we need to be together. But they're not going to stop their operations just because you have a day where you need to celebrate. So it just becomes a time when everyone's convenient and then everyone gets together. On that one of the days of that week, and then we just all have a meal together. So yeah, in the end, we do celebrate the togetherness. But、um, with the pandemic, probably the best we can do is, like Theo said, just all talking online, having a piece of、uh, mooncake or something like that, or sending emojis to each other. <laughs> to each other, you know, it's just、uh, it's reached the point where just, this this is what it's become. <laughs> And obviously, the、uh, Chinese celebrations, whether that's the New Year's Eve or even this Autumn Festival, they're quite long celebrations. I mean, does the diff- each sort of day differs, or is there sort of a similarity in in what you do on day to day basis? Theo, can you sort of walk us through for those that are not familiar with the Chinese celebrations? Well, the Moon Festival basically just for one day because it's just in the Chinese calendar. The full moon is just one day. It's always the fifteenth of the month. 
So it's all that's why we sometimes we call the Harvest Moon Festival is the 15th of the August. But of course, the August is not the Western August in the Western calendar. It's the August in the Chinese lunar calendar. This is how we kind it. So that's why if you look at the Moon Festival calendar, this is always different days in different years. So this is the difference between the Chinese and the Lunar New Year calendar. Oh, because of different criteria or different farming seasons. This is the reason, the scientific reason behind. Although this is quite not scientific anyway. <laughs> so this is how we celebrate um, uh, Moon Festival. Um, we also have some kind of um, uh, events, mini events, like well, in the in the in the Hong Kong way, I would say in a Chinese way, the kids usually the kids. I don't know why they would like to boil the wax, boil the candles, for, okay. for no reason for fun. So this is what I can't see here, but of course, myself, I did it when I was young. <laughs> of course, to keep everything to keep with the, with the tradition. Um, and Danny, how did you sort of, um, obviously being brought uh, in the UK, uh, being brought up here, how did you sort of participate? Were you always questioning your parents about the meaning of their events? What is sort of traditionally happening? How do you sort of feel about that? So I did actually question my parents um, about the events and stuff. And they always say like, it's basically all about togetherness regardless of wherever we are everything brings us back together because on this day this is what it's supposed to be it's always togetherness it's the humbling feeling where you sort of like you're not really alone when you have your family with you i understood that um further down the line obviously um me like being schooled in the uk as well uh, i wasn't really taught about my culture uh, so everything was down to my parents teaching me and because they were so busy as well I didn't exactly get the full story so I'll get like parts of stories and I'll try and sort of like put it together um, But eventually I did go back to China and then I learned a lot um, how different symbols uh, Represent different things like let's say the mooncake um, because it's round um, We eat it together because that's the table that we sit around because that's where the family comes um, and when the moon is at its peak uh, like so on the 15th of the lunar calendar uh, the 15th of the of august um, basically that's when it's at its largest and that's when the moon is complete so that's um, what we call like two moon Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, obviously, with the other celebrations, um, we've got things like the Chinese New Year's. Um, we've also got uh, some of the more different events, such as Chinese Singles Day uh, or even Chinese Valentine's Day that are slightly on a, celebrated on a different day and day than what they are celebrated in the Western calendar. Uh, so, Theo, can you sort of walk us through other events that are very crucial to the Chinese community and potentially great opportunities for marketeers and business in the UK uh, to tap in and, and make that as a, an opportunity uh, to reach out and, and win some Chinese customers? Well, if you go through the whole year calendar, as, as you mentioned, the Chinese New Year is the most important festival in the Chinese calendar. And the second comes with the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is right around the corner. And the third, I would say, is the Dragon Bowl Festival, because the Dragon Bowl Festival is like, uh, it's a very long history in a Chinese culture, uh, of course, but that one is also the most engaging one for the Western people because if the dragon boat race become a sport right now in the moment, well, even in London, you can see that at least two sports have a dragon boat race. Uh, one of them is on the city airport. There's an, like a canal on the riverside that has different teams. Uh, dragon boat race 
And even in Canada Water and the Greenland Dock, there's an other dragon boat race here every every summer. So I can tell most Westerners they might know better for the Dragon Boat Festival. And they also have some kind of events, and because the Dragon Boat Festival is also a kind of some kind of huge Chinese dumpling, we call it zhong. It's kind of a, a giant, gigantic dumpling wrapped with rice and some、uh, lotus leaf on top of it, and then there's some ingredients inside. So it's very kind of traditional Chinese food, which basically most Chinese they know what it is. So, but、well, this is the, one of the major uh, important um, festival. And for the single stay, it's a very, very commercial one because it's come basically come out of nothing from Alibaba. So basically, we do not have this festival in the Asian calendar. So, but and but anyway, it's a very good chance to market your stuff to people. It's quite similar to the Black Friday here. And obviously, it's taken by a storm. I mean, it's becoming bigger and bigger year on year. We're seeing more and more companies jumping on the bandwagon and sort of celebrating the Chinese、um, Singles Day.、Um, so, as you said, it's more sort of commercialized events.、Mm. Uh, but from the perspective of the sort of more traditional, more celebrations, you've mentioned obviously about the、uh, Chinese New Year's. For those of us who are not familiar with their event, can you sort of give us a bit of a flavour? What could be the traditional Celebrations and how it's sort of celebrated, and、um, what sort of the typical day would look like. Even so, it is multiple days as opposed to just a single day event.、Uh, do you want me to go through the Dragon Boat Dragon Boat Festival again, or you want some other festival?、Uh, let's go to Chinese New Year first, and then we'll、um, sort of、uh, talk about the,、uh, the 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 boat festival as well. Okay, the Chinese festival, Chinese New Year, basically will last for two weeks.、Mm-hmm. From the first day, or basically from the from the、uh, last day of the previous years, we need well from the second last day of the previous years, we need to clean up our house so that we call it Dai Shou Church. It's like a like a massive clean over, the tidy up events. So basically, we clean the whole house, tidy up the whole thing to make the, our house clean for the New Year, and then. For the first day of the Chinese New Year, is we basically stop everything. Like Christmas here, we stop all all activities and we just well go to our seniors' place to wish them good luck and wish them good health,、uh, like prosperity. And then most of the time, the senior will give the younger generation the red pockets. This is the one of the way we ch-、uh, celebrate Chinese New Year. In the red pockets, most of the time in the in the Asian way, we put some lucky sentence with some. Banners, little banners inside. But nowadays we modified it into put some money inside the red pockets. So this is how we give the youngsters to wish them in good health, and then、um, uh, most of them have a better academic results and then study harder. <laughs> this is what the Chinese value goes. And then on the second day, we pretty much doing the same. But in the third day, this is a kind of a、uh, like a、uh, like a stop, like a pause here. Because on the third day, we believe that if we visit another family, we always have some arguments in the third day of the Chinese New Year. So that's why we, in the, in the Chinese way, we call it "tai hao." "Tai hao" means red mouth, means always something bad from your mouth. So that's why we stop doing this. And the fourth day, and the fifth, and then we go on. And as I said,、uh, in the fourteenth day is the Chinese Valentine's Day. This is, and let me go back to bit. It's the seventh day of the Chinese New Year. 
It is the happy birthday for everyone. We call it we call it Yang Yat. It means happy birthday for everyone. So on that day, we do not say Gong Hei Fa Choi or we do not say、uh, have a good life, have a good health. We just wish everyone happy birthday in Chinese. This is what we do. That sounds like a great event to be part of, and everybody can remember about each other's birthday, no matter where you are、yeah. born. So we have two birthdays every year. Great. Hopefully, twice as many presents as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, but not, but not getting twice a year older each year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the good thing. Yes, that's the juicy bit. <laughs> Danny, how about yourself? How about the celebrations in your、uh, sort of the UK environment? Do you participate in majority of the events and celebration as well, or do you keep it on a lower scale? So yeah, it will be at a much much lower scale. We would like so let's say me working.、Uh, Somewhere here,、um, they're not going to give me two weeks off, right? I'm not going to get two weeks off from you. What's going to end up happening is like there's going to be like one day, and that will be the final. That will be the first day of Chinese New Year, and I will just have that one day to just like go out and hang out with my friends. Maybe I'll just be able to have dinner with my family, and that will be it for me. Like Dai Sou Choi, as Theo said、um, before, that we will be able to do that. So we will just tidy up at night rather than like during the whole day. But we also do something that's I don't know if it's like a, just a thing in our family, but、uh, we don't wash our hair、um, a day before Chinese New Year. Oh, some Chinese really do that, but for me, I I will stick to the hygiene standard, especially during the pandemic. <laughs> What my mom always told me is like, don't wash your hair、uh, on that day because、um, it'll wash away all the luck. So you need to wash your hair like before. So on Chinese New Year. Don't wash, don't wash your hair because、um, otherwise it washes away your luck. There's、uh, something that you learn every day, and there you go. Even so, that we've got two different Chinese individuals joining us. There's two different celebrations and traditions are、uh, some passed on from one onto the other. So that's that's a great thing.、Uh, what I wanted to、uh, sort of touch base on now is I know at the beginning、um, of this、uh, podcast we've mentioned about the four different groups uh, and uh, the, the sort of we've got obviously the tourists, we've got the migrants,、uh, we've got The British、uh, Chinese, and we've also got、um, the, the, the students. Yeah. The students, I,、uh, indeed.、Uh, what I wanted to find out is the best methods and the best channels to attract、uh, and communicate.、Um, we obviously know WeChat is a big、um, thing、uh, when it comes to sort of digital communications.、Uh, but how do we sort of approach and, and where do we、um, advertise to, for example, the Chinese that are coming in for、uh, visiting purposes, whether that's visiting family or even holidays in the UK? I mean, Fia. Where would you sort of envisage,、uh, and where would you say the best places to advertise would be? Well, as you mentioned, WeChat is definitely a no-brainer because it's the most the most prominent social media app in the Chinese community, even when they're overseas or not. So there are lots of、uh, pages or say groups in the WeChat. So they're all highly differentiated in the different topics, and some of them are very focusing on the overseas Chinese lives. And there is one、um, focusing on the student life life hacks. I would say how to teach them how to how to how to some kind of、uh, living tips in the UK because the students like them they do not haven't been here much. They do not know much about the UK. They do not know even don't know what supermarket is how to how to pay by contactless because 
In the Chinese way, they do not pay by contactless, or they would use another way of contactless to pay. It's called a QR code to pay. Mm -hmm. So it's very different from here. So, the, and this is on one of the technology side, and then the other side is the social route, the social system here. So, for example, we do not know what uh, the the parking fine or the, the um, ultra low emission emission zone charge. We do not know the charge like that. So that's why there are lots of different um, WeChat groups target on students to teach them what you should do or what you could do or what you should not do. So I think if the marketer to target these kind of uh, groups in WeChat groups, it can kindly uh, raise their brand awareness amongst Chinese students. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And what about British Chinese? I mean, Danny, where would you want brands to target people like yourself, um, who are, you know, obviously growing up in this market? So potentially, some of the mainstream marketing would appeal to you. But there's obviously, of course, opportunity to do more and better. How would you want mark brands to reach out to you? So obviously, we do have like mainstream marketing. Uh, we do have like Facebook, Instagram. But there's also something that um, we may not have mentioned, which is called Weibo, which is also used in mainland China. Uh, I don't know about Hong Kong or Macau or any of those places, but I know it's um, it's used quite uh, quite a lot in mainland. But just that's just the touch that I wanted to put as well. Um, but for me, uh, I feel like uh, just regular media that's okay for me, um, as long as you mentioned like just sort of just making me feel significant. Like let's say uh, if it's like a specific Chinese holiday. Um, like let's say the Mid Autumn Festival, just um, put like a few lanterns or like uh, freebies or something like that. Uh, just make me feel like I'm needed at that store. As long as I feel like I'm able to like bring something, uh, like you need me, then that's fine. For me, that's that's what I, I would look for. So what I'm getting from both of you is the importance of actually learning, and even so that you might not be Chinese, you need to learn about other people's cultures, other people's celebrations, so that you can use that uh, in a way that is going to be friendly, authentic, uh, and most importantly, uh, localized to the market that we're trying to appeal. I mean, is this sort of a fair statement to say, Theo? Well, for example, if you are like a retailer, retailer or like an Oxford Street or Savages or things like that, I think the, um, uh, a freebie would be a good way to target Chinese people. So, as I just mentioned before, uh, with the Chinese New Year, we give each other red packets. So I have uh, one here. So this is for like, an example. It doesn't have to be this size because some of them is a bit smaller or different shapes or different print on there. So I think if uh, you are a marketer, you can have your own brand red packets for your Chinese freebie. So you can target them quite easily. Or uh, as you mentioned, we have most of the time we put some money inside and then we give to the Chinese. But uh, it really depends. You can give your coupon or things like that or other small stuffs that we can fit in this packet. Like Danny said, uh, being respected is very important in Chinese way. So if I were targeting tourists, like for example, if I'm a, like a department store, uh, because most tourists, they buy stuffs with their passport because they have the tax return. But you have, when you see their passport, you always see their date of birth. So if your date of birth is coming, I would suggest retailers to give your customer red packets as a, like a little compliment. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Danny, anything to add from your perspective? I mean, uh, as I said, you're sort of fit into two brackets. You're obviously fitting into the bracket of the Western uh, and sort of a mainstream uh, customer, but also somebody who uh, obviously is 
surrounded by the uh, sort of Chinese celebrations, how could we appeal more, uh, I'm talking from a marketing perspective, to even British Chinese? So um, I still believe very firmly that um, social media is king. So like obviously um, posting like significant like social media, like, maybe like, offers or maybe if you have like a QR code that you can scan that you can get like an offer if we were to go to like more high-end stores. Um, if you go to more high-end stores, like um, you could get maybe like um, traditional like Chinese dances, uh, maybe more modernized, maybe like play some Chinese music just to make it more targeted towards Chinese people. Mm -hmm. So with that, and then you could also basically, um, let's say if it's Chinese New Year, have lion dances, have it like outside your door because then they know it's you that is doing that. And then obviously oh. that would be a lot of attention because uh, that's just like something that's just traditional. and. Uh, it also sort of like brings people together because it just sort of like everyone's just watching it because it's just like a show, isn't it? I would say something like that, that would be something interesting to me. Okay. I mean, there obviously are traditional media that are being published in the UK that appeal to the Chinese uh, migrant community, uh, students, uh, and potentially some of the visitors. I mean, if you walk through Chinatown, you'll see a uh, number of dumb bins um, distributing newspapers um, that are localized and, and printed in the UK uh, that appeal. So there's obviously the traditional aspect of marketing uh, towards those groups as well. Um, I mean, is there anything that you think companies should avoid? Because we've obviously seen a number of campaigns going wrong um, for various communities, including the Chinese. I mean, Theo, have you come across any um, sort of campaigns recently or over the years that you've felt that necessarily uh, weren't so great and actually were working against uh, the brand as opposed to for the brand? Well, since you mentioned there's a Chinese newspaper being freely distributed in Chinatown, I can tell you in my first-hand experience because I used to work for this Chinese newspaper as an editor. So I can tell that these Chinese newspapers are mainly targeting older overseas Chinese. If you want to target younger Chinese, then it might not be a good channel. So since you mentioned what could went wrong, let me raise an example for the recent Chinese uh, Valentine's Day. Like Balenciaga, they've kind of um, make a bag, make a, like a handbag. They use a marker to write uh, Chinese I love you on the handbag. Of course, it's not in a Chinese calligraphy. It's more like the Western style calligraphy. So that's why, it, well, even the Chinese netizen, the Chinese internet user, they think it's the design or the whole message is quite uh, um, overdoing. Or like writing a big with I love you in Chinese on the handbag, which look indeed in my Chinese eyes look quite silly because I'm not going to wear a handbag which I love you with my partner. So to prove that we love each other, we do not need to do that. We are not protesting our loves of to each other. So I think we might not need to overdo like this because most of the time the Chinese would like to look for something that they cannot find in China instead of something being is quite common in China but not as good as they have there. 
Okay. And any other examples of brands that you think uh, didn't get the marketing right? Uh, I mean, I know previously when we had the discussion, you obviously also mentioned about the importance of, um, you know, getting the actual marketing uh, consultancy right and uh, doing focus groups and discussions with um, Chinese mm. nationals as opposed mm. to just presuming that you know the market. Anything you can add and comment on it? Yes. Uh, well, as I mentioned before, there's uh, the Chinese. Usually, they use Chinese characters on the Chinese campaign. But uh, well, the very owner's advice: don't just rely on Google Translate. It could go <laughs> terribly wrong. So, in Chinese, uh, it could completely doesn't make sense or become something offensive. So, make sure you have someone who really know the Chinese culture or really at least know how to write Chinese to make sure they convey. The, what, the correct messages. At least, don't get it wrong. Do not add, just don't bring more trouble when you spend money. So, for example, if you go to the park, you'll see loads of people that have, well, especially Westerners, they have Chinese characters, tattoos on their arm or something like that. But in Chinese eyes, 90% of them are, doesn't make sense. So it's proofreading and making sure you actually go to all uh, individuals that know and obviously speak the language to, to get it right. Um, yes. Samuel, from the perspective of a marketeer in the UK, do you think brands are doing enough to attract uh, the British uh, sort of the British Chinese or even the Chinese that are visiting uh, or the migrant workers or even students? Basically, there's one route about it. Like um, different, there's going to be different um, groups there will be like different strategic uh, moves that you could make like for the students like they're going to be living in the uk with that like since they're going to be living in the uk they're going to have like quite a bit of money but not all the time so um the spending of them so in terms of having um, the money to spend they would be able to focus on the authenticity so they need to feel like there's authenticity there to be able to feel included Whereas for like migrants, they've already sort of like um, come over to the country, so they've accepted the fact that um, they're sort of like Westerners. And then for me, who is like um, born here, I've already like I basically didn't have a choice. Like I'm I'm basically part of UK now. Uh, and then you have like uh, the tourists that just sort of want like a sort of taste of it. So in terms of marketing, there's no one specific route where it focuses on all the groups. Um, that's just like you're gonna have to. Um, target the similar groups, such as um, the uh, such as the groups where it's like the Chinese tourist and yeah, the Chinese tourist and the um, the student group because they're not always going to be here. Like they come and go all the time. So they yeah. Um, yeah, once you've got enough, then they sort of leave. So you need to be able to target like the products and the things that ma that matter to them. And then you also got like the migrants who like we've sort of accepted it and then like um, to be able to make us feel significant like just sort of include just hint that you care just hint that you care and that's pretty much that's all it is like just hint like loving like uh oh yeah so today we're gonna give like a little bit free uh like gonna like hang some lanterns or something not like completely overkill but like um just a few things just to remind us that we're still there and that brings me on to another point, um, the sort of overdoing it. Uh, I mean, the, we've seen and heard of places that have overdone it uh, and tried to make it so authentic that they actually got it wrong. I mean, Theo, any tips on, on how not to make it over to uh, Chinese looking or Chinese feel? Well, let me take an example for what industry. If you are like a hotel marketeer, um, 
What a Chinese tourist is expecting is something that they cannot find in China. So I, I understand the hotel chain might, might like to address, well, make the hotel more Chinese looking in order to appeal the Chinese customer. But I, I would say this is not a right approach because they're looking for something they cannot find in China. There are already loads of Chinese looking hotel in China. They do not need another one in elsewhere. So they're looking for something um, um, exotic. I would say they cannot find in China, but they will also enjoy the value. It might not be their, their taste, but if it is something good, they, they appreciate that good, then that, that will be enough. For example, well, if you, could, if you go to a lot of other countries like myself, I went to a Middle East country, there is a hotel, they have a Chinese restaurant there, but I would say the Chinese food there is just not really understand that although they would like to cater i know they're trying very hard but most of the time it just doesn't go too well so let me say that stick to your own greatness and then make sure you're aware of the chinese customer like danny said you or you notify them coming uh, give them some red packets for the welcoming gifts and then make sure you carry them maybe even uh, call them and ask them okay are you okay or sending someone who can speak chinese like a room service uh, uh speak uh, ask them are you okay do you need anything uh in chinese i think they will be very welcoming and warm to feel that uh, they're being treated as a guest okay and i know the importance of getting the numbers and the colors right so let's take the numbers first of all before we move on to the colors uh are there any particular numbers that we should be avoiding when it comes to chinese markets uh danny let's i'll let you take on this one first the specific things like like superstitions that chinese people have first thing is like um, the number four like um, you don't use the number four because what number four represents is uh it sounds like death so say and say. Um, so that's like a definitely a big no-no. Uh, and then like a number like number eight. So that's like a bat equals fat. So that means get rich. Um, and then you also have like, um, don't write someone's name in red because if you're writing something with someone's name in red, then that shows like, um, that's what we believe in. Like, um, is like that person is going to die or is dead. Uh, that's why it was represent like blood or something um, and then yeah red for us is a lucky number I know it sounds contradicting a uh, lucky number sorry uh, it's, a, it's a lucky color yeah so uh, for us that's lucky color and uh, we use it for pretty much everything uh, apart from writing our names um, so yeah that's uh, from my understanding uh, from what I've learned from my parents that's that's pretty much what it shows okay uh, and over to Theo I mean red obviously is a is a is a perfect thing what about the different shades of red because that could also make a difference shouldn't it or yeah I'll it? have to show my red packets again this kind of what well, we call it taxi red is the most popular red among Chinese because well, if you look further like a couple of years ago there is a marketing campaign from Burberry they use a different kind of red. They use a much darker red in their campaign to promote uh, uh, Chinese fashion to the Chinese. It goes terribly wrong because, well, we Chinese believe that this kind of red uh, is kind of associated with the Chinese New Year because we believe that this kind of red is helping us 
to get away from the evil or scare the evil away. So that's why every Chinese wear this kind of red during the Chinese New Year. So if this is not if this is not this kind of red, we can't scare away the evil. So it doesn't work. So that's why we need to stick on this red. So anything darker might not be a good choice. And also pink is not a good choice as well because pink is so girly. But also uh, since you can see in this red packets and then it's not just red, there's some kind of golden shades here. So golden shades and the reds are the lucky colors because golden shades means rich and the red means lucky. So this all combine all the best wishes for the Chinese. So make sure you get the right color before you do your marketing campaign. Don't, as Danny said, avoid the four. four. The 13 is fine. 13 we think is fine. And also number six, number six is also a good thing. So anyway, just a short thing, do avoid the four. Um, and also sometimes the seven, seven is kind of a bad luck because, well, um, in the in the Chinese way, uh, when someone passes away, we might gather again to have some meals. But on that meal, we have seven dishes. And normally we do not have seven dishes. It's always six or eight dishes. So if you have seven, it means it might mean something wrong. So if I were a marketer, try to avoid four and seven when you do marketing to Chinese. And of course, there is this importance of getting the white and black correctly as well, because unlike back home in Western countries, they mean completely two separate things. I mean, can you sort of explain a little bit more about the white and black? Uh, the white is most of the time is about the death because we use the white color to decorate a funeral. So that's why we, most of the time we do not use white in a marketing campaign. Black has a quite similar meaning. Black means something dark. Uh, um, but well, it's, it could also be something prestigious because the black uh, it used to be the uh, prime color of the government officials. Of, the, of, their, of their clothing. So black could be controversial, but white is probably not a good idea. So if I were you stick to the bright red and the golden, and then it couldn't go wrong. Wonderful. Uh, it's been great talking to you. And just before I let you go, I wanted to get one piece of advice. Uh, obviously, there are marketers out there listening and watching this podcast uh, who want to get it right. They want to be able to appeal to the uh, Chinese community, whether those living in the UK or those visiting. One piece of advice from you, um, Fia, when it comes to targeting those ethnic minorities. What can we do to make it better and more uh, friendlier and, and more welcoming, I suppose. Well, I would say if you can offer freebie, freebie is a very powerful tool among Chinese. But of course, I understand it might not be suitable for every industry. But if you can, try to use freebie. Because if Chinese receive freebies, they will actively post their freebies online, which has a um, well, magnifying effect of your marketing campaign. Try it. So when you talk about freebies, does that mean things like uh, promotional merchandise or freebies as actually giving them a sample of a product? I think the sample would be much better because for the Chinese customers, they would like to have a little taste of what they are going to buy before they really buy before they really buy it. Unless your marketing campaign is very appealing. For example, if you as a fashion retailer, you can't really get free clothes for for your customers. So that's why if if, if this is the case, I suggest you may use more Chinese model because they can project themselves as their model, so that it would be. Uh, more related to themselves. But again, if you can offer freebie, try freebie. It's a, it's a good way. 
Trust me. Okay. Thank you. And Danny, from yourself, uh, uh, one tip uh, that you could offer to uh, marketeers, uh, people out there wanting to target even the British Chinese living in the UK. So, um, like for me, it's just basically being involved, just um, showing like you care uh, at least a little bit. Just sort of like a, like I said before, just sort of like include something that's like um, like sort of Chinese related. Just um, making sure that um, we do like you do make us feel significant. Um, like instead of just like having everyone just under the same umbrella, just like sort of buzz out and be like. Let's just say um, we'll give out like red pockets, like what um, Theo said. Uh, give out red pockets, freebies, um, just like little things that show like a little bit of the Chinese culture. Nothing overkill, where it's like hanging like loads and loads of lanterns down, having dragon dance down the hall of the of the restaurant or uh, wherever like you may be. So yeah, just basically making us feel significant, just having the minor significance as well. Um, that would like it would go a long way. Okay, thank you. So less is more. Try and give a sample. Remember red and gold, and avoid certain numbers. Number four, uh, boy number four and seven. Yeah, you guys have stolen it from me, so my summary <laughs> is perfect. But I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, this uh, was yet another marketing goodies podcast. Uh, obviously, do subscribe uh, and uh, listen to all our other podcasts so you can learn more about the different communities uh, living and working in the UK, and of course, different marketing tactics. Uh, thank you to both Theo and Danny for contributing today. It's been great to have that input, uh, and of course, the great insight into yet another community uh, that's it from us uh, we look forward to welcoming you to another podcast very soon